0: Welcome, everyone, to Tejanista Talks, your San Antonio podcast featuring everyday heroes and their inspiring stories and backgrounds. I'm your host, Valerie Garza. Today, I'm really excited to be introducing Vic Andrea Psychic Medium, who is actually my sponsor at our real estate brokerage, Real Broker LLC. Vic Andrea and I met in late 2021 as I moved over to her brokerage. And one of the first things I noticed about her was just her overwhelmingly radiant aura. She has a very uh, childlike positivity that she brings to every meeting, very playful energy. And I love that about her and just getting to know her a little bit better. I've learned about her witchy side, which we actually have a shared interest in. So welcome. <laughs> Welcome. I'm so glad to have you. Thank you. So you're not originally from San Antonio, right?
1: Um, I'm born and raised in Louisiana. so I've been here for quite some time. Oh, okay, so you're yeah. not like
0: brand newbie. No,
1: It's very different. Uh, my culture is different. I do like Texas. I miss my culture. I miss a lot of things, but I like it here. And the school systems here are better for my kids. Um, So I wanted them to continue school here. So if I look back to um, to when we first moved here, the food is so different. Even if we had like everything we could use to like season wise to cook, it's just the meat tasted different. It's not the same. Yeah, it was ridiculous that that took a while. My mom lost a lot of weight (laughs) because it was just so different. Like our palate was different.
0: That's interesting. yeah.
1: And then like the heat is very different. Like I know being born and raised in South Louisiana, you know you're it's hot still, but it's humid there it's too. So different, yeah. And then back home, it was different. I had to get used to the culture. My kids played outside a lot and then moving here into like a neighborhood got like some of these neighbors god forbid your kid make a noise outside you know so that was very different so i remember whenever we moved here i was like i'm never gonna be that mom that just lets her kids stay inside and play on the game and that's what they do so like they couldn't it 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 was just different but that was like i know it's silly but that was like the main things that are instilled in my brain yeah that's who you are yeah But it's, I do like it better here for the simple fact that it's not the small town community where you turn your head and there's a rumor or a gossip or what have you. Like over here, you actually have like freedom Mm -hmm. in a sense because it's so big that not everyone is like on top of you in your business. And if someone gets in your business, you can easily get them out, you know. I don't know. That's, I just no, I, I totally
0: agree with that. Um, I think it's, I mean, it's, it's good and it's bad because it's like you have your own freedom, but then there's no real closeness. Like, you know, with, I feel like in mm-hmm. smaller towns, it's like more close knit. To- so, I mean,
1: I miss that, but I just live. Yeah. Like, you just have to live every day. I miss my, I just miss my culture. Like, I miss my food. I miss Mardi Gras. For school events for the kids over here, it's very different versus over there where we had, rice dressing and oh stuff like that for christmas where over here you go to a christmas little school party and it's tamales and my kids are like where's the food <laughs> it's just a whole different it's a culture change it's a culture shock but, but yeah it's not bad it's good
0: yeah well it like from louisiana because they um like louisiana was like they're from france right like i mean it was, it was yes so it's yes. kind of like a heavy like french um My ancestors talk French.
1: Yeah. Like my grand, my grand, I remember sitting around um, the coffee table because they always had coffee. And they would always sit around, we would sit around the coffee table and they would talk um, Cajun French. And I could never understand it. And I would
0: always be like, man, what are they saying about me while I just sat there and drank my coffee milk? (laughs) (laughs) It's so interesting because I love New Orleans specifically. I love, love, love Cajun food. Um, And just I've always thought that the Cajun accent, like people from New Orleans have like the best accent. Like I've always loved that twang. Like it's something different. And you don't hear it anywhere else in the country. Like it's very specific to that area.
1: I completely lost mine. (laughs) but my grandfather i can remember i don't know if you ever watched um gosh what's that show where they chase the alligators and shoot them
0: Oh, my God. <laughs> you don't know? <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, God. Swamp people. Oh, okay. I would say okay, so I, there's, I this, that, but- there's this guy on Swamp People. His name is Troy. And he has such a thick Louisiana accent. Wow. And that's where, like, the word "choot," like, C-H-O-O-T.
0: Okay.
1: shoot them. Not shoot them. comes in. <laughs> so my grandfather has such that deep Louisiana accent that God rest his soul. Um, I would bring friends from here over there. And by the time we would leave their house, they would be like, I have no idea what he said, I just agree. <laughs> oh my and I'm like, I swear to God, it was
0: English. I love that, I love that. But I also, what I love about New Orleans and you is the culture, the witchy culture that's mm-hmm. there. And uh, I used to love going there to the French Quarter and going to, like, the Marie Laveau store. Yes. And um, just the whole voodoo thing was really intriguing for me. So one thing that's interesting about you is that um, you're also Vic Andrea, Psychic Medium, and that stems from your, um, you have, like, a generational line, right? Yes. That was involved in, in, like, I guess, seers or healers or something?
1: Healers. So, it's really, really, really hard to explain. I'll try to explain it. Um, in Louisiana, the Cajun culture, um, there is a, a thing that is slowly fading um, called traiteurs. Um Traiteurs is French for treaters. Um, and basically, it is what our culture calls it as um, We consider, I'm not a treater, let me just say that up front, I don't consider myself a treater, um, but our culture considers, um, treaters as, um, someone with healing hands are spiritually gifted, um, gifted from God, um, and this is a legacy that's passed down from generation to generation, like, physically, So, um, basically like my grandmother, for example, could have picked one of my children and passed down this, this French culturistic Mm -hmm. healing technique, um, which we use with our hands. Um, so, but triteurs, um treat for very specific things like um, I have one great grandmother that treated for blood um, so examples that I've heard so many um, she saved a cow's life and I know it sounds kind of ridiculous but if you look back into that time cow like animals were their food they needed their their cow. Like if someone lost their cow, then they just lost their
0: meat. Yeah.
1: And she, there was a cow. I don't, I don't know the exact story, but, um, all I know is that it was bleeding out and she started, um, treating it and it stopped bleeding. Um, my, I have a great aunt Janelle that just very recently passed in the 2022 So I really, really picked her brain a lot before she she left us because she was the only one on that generation that I still had left um, on that side. And she was telling me, oh, even my Aunt Emily. So even my my dad's sister was telling me a story about the time that my great-grandmother, Helen, um, which is her grandmother, saved my dad's life. And he was young, Um, they were all young, he was a typical boy, jumped over um, one of those hurricane fences that have, like, all the wires out of it, cut, like, the main tendon in the back of his leg, and, like, my Aunt Emily said that literally every time his heart beat, like, blood would gush out of his leg. So, my great-grandmother grabbed my dad. Like, there was no time to bring him to the hospital. Grabbed my dad, brought him to the bathroom, and told everyone to leave. And then my Aunt Emily, being a child, was peeking around the corner and said that she just remembers grandmother praying over him French, like, talking over him in French. And um, she said, I can remember watching... Your dad's like basically every time his heartbeat, like blood flew out of his leg, to it just stopped. And she said, Grandmother saw me and turned around and was like, Go in French, like get away, don't look, don't watch. So, um, oh my gosh, it's just a, a, a testimonial. I mean, people treat for sunburns, for anxiety, um. It's, it's healing hands. I've watched my grandmother heal somebody's mole. <laughs> I mean, it's just crazy. So through my research, and this is a lot of research, I have learned from, I'm able to track down from um, like my father to my grandmother to my great-grandmother to my great-great-grandmother to my great-great-great-grandmother all had some sort of a deep spiritual gift and there's a story behind every single one of them Um, so I I haven't been able to find any sort of like firm story on the next grandmother but I'm working on it but I think we might be a little too far out so I firmly believe that um, everyone is born like this like sensitive to the universe, I guess. Um, But then as we grow older, our parents raise us like the best they know. I feel personally like everyone can tap into their energy, yet some people might have stronger energy than other people. And that's because of genetics. Um, And it's hard to explain. I feel like I was born this way. And I know I am. Yeah. And whenever I look back at it, like I, I can see. Um and the only way to explain it genetically is it's stronger for me because it's in so strongly deeply rooted in my genetics, like in my family history. It's just it's no different than Oh, you and someone had a child together, and your child looks exactly like his dad because he got those genetic genes. Yeah.
0: I think we just don't understand, too, like scientifically yet, but they're starting to, like how just how much is stored in genes, like memories stored in genes like if somebody has a, a specific type of trauma and they have a child that trauma will get passed in the genes to the child as a memory yes and they'll be afraid of snakes or whatever it is you know so it's like there's so much that gets stored there
1: i think it's just crazy though because this doesn't come from my mom it all comes from my dad and then my dad's side and then as i research my family even more um i actually keep My great-great-grandmother, Andrea, which is why I go by Vic Andrea, Um, I keep her on my phone as a screensaver. And if you look very closely, um, I have her picture edited from black and white to a color we look alike. We, we have the exact same wow. eyes. Yeah, that's interesting. I know. Even yesterday, my mom saw my phone light up, and she's like, who's that lady? And I was like, oh, that's my great-great-grandmother. She goes, y'all look just alike. And I'm like, I know. She's like, okay, there's no mistake in your father.
0: <laughs> that It's exciting to think about because it's like, okay, so what do I want to cogniz- cognitively pass down to my children, you know, mm-hmm. or our, our children? Like, what can we... Um, what will be unlocked in them in their genes? Like, you know. I know.
1: My oldest son is 19 and all my children are gifted. Like, I have a little witch house. <laughs> um, all my children are gifted. But Caden is, um, like, not me. Like, he's a different form of me. Like, he says he's a starseed and he works with the dragons. And wow. to me, that's... I don't know what you're talking about because that's not what I know.
0: Mm-hmm. It's but, a different form of magic. I right? Think. Yeah, it, it is. Absolutely.
1: And like it, lions and lioness come to him. Like it's very, very, very different. And, but I support him, you know, like, but he's, he's trying to figure it out himself.
0: Yeah. And, he has well, to do his own research too, like you did. Yeah. I mean, it's something... You know, obviously in genetics, but also it could be influences of his own spirit guides or whatever that are from a different you know, soul family or whatever. I think
1: it'll be easier for my kids because I'm open about it. Whereas when I was growing up, there was not... um, My grandmother was very open about it, but I didn't understand and I thought she was scary.
0: (laughs) Okay, so... Going back to your move from Louisiana to here, I kind of also wanted to touch on, because one of the things that I think is, should be talked about is that you're a single mom and you support your whole household um, with real estate. And to me, that's, it's hard. It's so hard, uh, you know, to do that. I watched my mom as a single mom, you know? And so it's like, that to me, and and, all, and you're successful, and then you're doing also, um, you're now coming more comfortable with sharing your gifts Correct. with the world. And so I think to do both is beautiful. And I think that it's hard yeah. to hide who you really are. Yeah. So to me, it's like, I, I view you as like, this person who came here on this journey, and then, you know, ended up um, going through what you went through with your ex-husband. And then now it's like, you're coming out strong, like you're like this, um, woman that's capable of being a real estate agent, supporting a whole household, a big, beautiful house. Mm-hmm. And then also um, there's something inside of you that said that like, I can't be in here anymore. Like I need people to know who I really am. And so it's like witnessing somebody coming into their full power as a salesperson, as, um, you know, a, a gift, a gifted, psychic medium and not a healer, but you know, you're still sharing those gifts with the world. Like you're out there, you're doing your readings. Um, you have products that you sell also. So I kind of want to get into that and like, just talk about how you feel now versus like when you first moved here.
1: Um, so I have, um, again, I can, I was born this way. Um, it's like the only way that I can explain it is like, You know, for example, Caden got diagnosed with autism whenever he was four, right? And whenever the doctor put a list of what autism was right in front of my face, I'm like, oh, he was born like this. Mm -hmm. So whenever I had it right in front of my face, okay, psychic mediums or people like me, spiritually gifted, empathic people, experience XYZ. I look back into my life and I'm like, well, that's why I was that way in kindergarten, you know, Mm -hmm. so I can pinpoint it. I, um, my gifts were heightened in my teenage years. Um, I knew a lot of things that I didn't know I knew until I knew it. Um, and it's, it's kind of scary. Um, as it, I can remember whenever I was 16, um, I didn't know that my grandmother was going to pass but I knew something was happening and I was supposed to go out that night on a Saturday night and something made me stay home and I answered the phone you know and I it's it's just stuff that you look back on um in my 20s I asked it to go away I I asked it to stop it was too strong I was trying to raise children. I was tired, I was scared. Mm. Uh, what
0: scared you about it?
1: Because you never knew, like I never knew what what was gonna come to me and when it was gonna come. Um, I can remember when I was 20 and Caden was a very, very small child, <laughs> like baby. Mm-hmm. Um, what I would consider to be my grandmother that passed away whenever I was 16. Um, I had a strong emotional sadness because I wanted her to meet my son. We were very close. Um, and I firmly feel she came to me through light and it got to a point where she would touch the touch lamp, you know, like through the Mm -hmm. cycles, one, two, three, Mm -hmm. so much that One day I sat up in my bed because finally Caden's getting like laid down and settled in. And I'm scared. You know, I'm young and I have this baby. And what if he doesn't breathe? Yeah. And I'm finally getting comfortable in the bed. And then my touch lamp starts going through cycles. And I'm like, stop. And then finally I I sat up in the bed. And I was like, look, you know, I've been asking you to show signs. you showing signs. I love you. I know you're here. But I need a break. Mm -hmm. And she stopped. So I'll fast forward a few more years um, is whenever I had, I predicted, unfortunately, and I don't want um, sorrow from this, um, but I predicted my unborn child's death Um, and it came in a dream. A lot of stuff came in dreams for me, Um, still does. And that was a huge pivot and moving, like, moving point for me. That was in 2008. So, people within my family or my culture that didn't believe my word mm-hmm. back then, I wrote a very, I, I, I journaled my dreams. So, I journaled this dream and I I was very dramatic about it. Like, I literally woke up and felt empty, like, I was like, he's gone, his spirit's gone, I was crying, it was awful, and everyone would tell me that, oh, you're just having those hormonal pregnancy dreams, Da-da-da-da-da. Yeah. so I just journaled it, and literally three days later, what I journaled, and what I wrote in my little mom's group, <laughs> um, step-by-step happened, and that's whenever, like, even my mom <laughs> was like, Ooh. you know, like, it was, that's whenever I couldn't do it anymore because I still had, at that point, I had two children. Mm-hmm. I had Caden and Gage. So I, I had to raise these kids and I couldn't raise my kids and have all of these downloads going in at one time. So I asked for it to stop and it did. I, I just stopped accepting it basically. Um, I didn't push it forward anymore. And at that time, as whenever not long after that, whenever I got married and um, moved here, because that was two thousand eight, then twenty eleven, as whenever I moved here. Um, so when I was married, my husband at the time was scared of my gifts, and he never wanted to talk about it. So not only did I, t- in a sense, turn it off so that I can raise my family. I turned it off so that I wouldn't terrify my husband. and I was in he was a very narcissistic man. Um, so I kind of let him consume me in a way. It just it wasn't it wasn't an open topic anymore. And then we divorced in 2018. And that's whenever I wanted to take myself back. So while it was always there and I still had the dreams and I still had the predictions and I still had the feelings, um, I wouldn't allow myself to tune into them like I allow now. So it's very different today than it was whenever I first moved here because I wasn't allowed. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, and it was just really hard with the young kids. So now that my oldest son is 19 and one is 18 and the other one's 10, um, it's so much easier for me to, I don't have to, there's not toddlers running around everywhere all the time. Like, I, I can focus my attention on a little more on myself. Yeah. I didn't work whenever my ex-husband and I were together because... He wouldn't allow me to.
0: He wouldn't allow you to sell real estate or just work at all?
1: No, I can hardly go to the grocery store, okay? Because God forbid I look at someone, I was screwing someone. Like, he was very insecure. But it was all I knew, so I didn't know, <laughs> you know? Um, so, at the end of our marriage, I started pursuing real estate. And he would always tell me that I would fail, So he was like, you're not going to do good at this. You're going to fail. And I actually had passed all of my real estate exams and waited like six months before I took the test because I had his negativity in my head. And then I finally passed the test and I'm like, okay, let's do this. But I did it all off him. Like I went with the company that he wanted me to go with. I sold where he wanted me to sell because I didn't want to fight with my husband. Right. You know, Yeah. nothing was based on me. And then I guess whenever I finally had enough courage to leave him, um, it fueled my fire to support myself fully, because I was at a point in my marriage where I wanted to support both of us, just in case. Cause, you know, he's older than me, and he was starting to experience like some anxiety issues and so forth. And I, as a married woman, I wanted to make sure that if something were to happen to him. That everything he worked hard for our entire marriage, I wanted to make sure he still had if something happened to him. So that means I have to step up. Yeah. But he didn't see it that way. Yeah. So it it was wild. So I, gosh, I was barely in real estate whenever I left him. And I I just made it work. And it gave me the drive to... I want, I guess I just wanted to prove to him and everyone that I don't need a man and I can do this on my own. And I did.
0: That's amazing. So what do you think, um, during this whole process, like, because you know, there's a point you're saying, I don't want, I'm not ready to accept these gifts. Like I don't want it right now. What, at what point do you feel you came to the point where I'm like, you're like, okay, I'm ready. Like I'm ready to receive. I'm ready to share.
1: So I was always accepting of the gifts. I didn't want. Um, I didn't want to openly practice per se. I didn't want to receive um, unwanted downloads per mm-hmm. se. Um, but even before my ex-husband and I divorced, um, I was like practicing mm-hmm. silently. There's a big difference whenever you can actually express yourself versus hiding to do it and um so after the divorce in 2011 is whenever I started fully coming back into my spiritual realm and I slowly started coming out on like social media and I was so scared (laughs) because I didn't want anyone to judge me and I made a different name and um then I I just studied and I worked with other witches and I worked with other people like me and I heard other stories and I just realized, you know, we're really all the same. Mm -hmm. And it just, the more people I met, the more I realized that that we're all out there, Mm -hmm. you know? But you don't realize it until you start talking about it because it's not something that's commonly spoken about. Because people are afraid to be... Have it be acknowledged as bad. Mm -hmm. So being from Louisiana and having tons of movies about bad voodoo. Yeah. It wasn't that easy because all I do is say I'm from Louisiana. And instantly they're like, oh, you're voodoo. (laughs) And I'm like, first of all, let's get this right. Voodoo isn't bad. Yeah. Um, Like you have to learn it. Um, It's like any spirituality. But I'm not voodoo but still like I practice a bit of everything. I'm going off the rail, but, um, I, um, it was a combination of seeing other people like myself, successful people, um, that have been able to step out. I, all my life have wanted to help people. I have, um, degrees in psychology, college degrees and, I know now that I need to spiritually help people. And I also know I need to spiritually heal people. I, I have the healing hands. I'm not ready for that part yet. Yeah. <laughs> just like I said that like, I wasn't ready for like the psychic mediumship. Um, it's like I have to get a kid out or something. I'm just not ready to take on more. But I am ready to transition more from real estate to my spiritual life. Like I'm going to be 40. Um. In a f- in January, and my whole goal for my forties is to. So my thirties was real estate, real estate, real estate, real estate, real estate. Now in my forties, I want to help other people like me. I want to be able to show people, hey yeah, I thought it was weird. I thought I was crazy, but we're not weird, we're not crazy and and this will help you. I want to be a, a guide. like I want I do mentor people already. Um, I want to help people understand that this isn't a bad thing, you know? Yeah. And don't automatically associate it with a bad thing. And I want to be able to help people in their general life to um, gain clarification to close those doors of trauma, especially past trauma, to learn to love themselves so that they can be who they are. Because I went through all of it. And I'm who I am today.
0: Growing from, growing through it, growing through it. Yes. But I think it's interesting that you're saying that too, because, um, I think it was, so I've been on my spiritual journey since 2011 and I really didn't know, I kind of was like you sort of just dabbling like just not dabbling but learning a lot of different cultures different things Um, there's a period where I went through atheism where I was like I don't believe in anything Mm -hmm. (laughs) and then um, I slowly started to come back actually oddly because of science like I feel like science is sort of catching up with spirituality in a lot of ways Um, but I remember when I like came out of the broom closet they call Mm -hmm. it I would I was it was 2017 and I already been kind of into it and sort of practicing silently. And then when I came, yes, like I didn't tell anybody. Um, And then I just came on my Facebook in a video and I was like, I just wanted to tell everybody that I feel like I don't know what I am, but the closest label I can think of is pagan. So I came out as a pagan um, because pagan to me was just sort of like this umbrella. But even now, I still don't even feel like it's enough because I'm still kind of open to all of it. Um, pagan. I feel like people think of pagans from the Bible like, oh, it's this bad thing. Mm-hmm. But when I did that, when I put that video out there on Facebook, you would, I was so shocked how many women came to my inbox and were like, I feel the same way. I do the same yeah, thing. it's me.
1: It's me. Like yeah. you're speaking to me. It's like
0: you have to put it out there and you have to like say that that's who you are, claim yourself, and then people feel safe and comfortable to do the same thing. So, you know, the fact that you're doing that. Um, that's definitely going to lead people to you.
1: Because there's such a wide variety of um, practices. Mm-hmm. Pagan, Wiccan, so voodoo, funny. hoodoo. I mean, you name it, right? So I learned that I am an eclectic witch. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know what eclectic, eclectic was. I feel a lot of people fall in that category Because we pull bits and pieces out of all kinds of different spiritualities, Mm -hmm. per se. Yeah. And um, that's where eclectic comes in.
0: Mm -hmm. And that's different than like, because Wicca is kind of like a religion in a way. Right. Like you have to, like, I feel like when I read about like Wicca, it's more like, like almost like, to me, it reminds me of Christianity or something like that because they have guidelines and it's a specific thing. But, like, there are other people that I know that do, like, witchcraft that aren't Wiccan. Right. But, you know?
1: I'm a little... I consider myself a little bit of everything. You know? I'm, I'm a believer in God, mm-hmm. you know? And I firmly believe that this is a gift from God, like my ancestors were taught. Mm-hmm. Um, I firmly believe that you don't have to be a preacher or a priest... To stand in front of a group of people and deliver a message. Yeah. Like anybody can receive a message. Why do you have to have a title? Yeah. And that's a big arguing factor for me. Like just because I'm a witch or I'm a medium or I'm a psychic or I'm whatever doesn't mean that it's in ill terms. No. Yeah. And a lot of people, a lot of people think that. that's why you had so fine line and that's why people don't want to talk about it because they don't understand.
0: The other thing I was going to ask you is, so now that you're sort of out there and people, you're, you know, identifying um, yourself sort of how you are and how you've always been, what do you feel like is the next steps for you? Like you're, I know you said in your, now you're in your forties, you want to kind of move more into that Um, and you're mentoring people. You also do readings. Um, You're going to be doing readings at the high priestess fair on the autumnal equinox. So I'm so excited about that to have you. Mm -hmm. Um, and then also you do products, right? Yes. Okay.
1: I have very strong intention and because I feel that I have these, these, this healing within, um, whenever I put like spell jars per se or do candle magic per se, um, my intention is so strong and widely received through the universe um through our angels our guides our guardian angels that my stuff works mm-hmm. and people are like wow so um i'm a very herbal person um i like to include um an earthy person like um crystals and gems and kitchen herbs. Um, I like to include all of that in my practice in magic and so forth. Um, and I do not get complaints at all. Um, I'm a master manifester. I've manifested every single thing I have, everything I have, my house, my money, my kids, my boyfriend, everything. Like literally, it's not a joke. Yeah. It's insane. It's not insane, but it's, I don't know, but. <laughs> I love it. Like, it's it's a beautiful thing, but it really sets you off from other people. I have a lot of acquaintances, but I don't have a lot of close friends because of the energy. Mm-hmm. And that's like, you mentioned that I'm going to be speaking at, I mean, not speaking, but reading at your next event. Um, that is something that I'm pushing myself to move forward in because I feel everyone's energy and that's, like, the hardest thing for me is to step into a crowded place mm-hmm. and block off all of these energies. Mm-hmm. So that's something that I'm going to be pushing myself more to is public reading so that I can... Um,
0: You're doing it already, right? Like I am, yeah.
1: So that I can learn and train myself to protect myself more. If yeah. That makes sense. To
0: learning to build like a shield. Yes. Whenever you go places. It's
1: yeah. always going to be a learning.
0: Do you do any readings out of home or is it just, or what about virtually?
1: I do virtual readings. I do phone readings like through zoom or yes. All I need is a picture. Literally like, give me your picture and let me look at your eyes. I got you. And a lot of it is clarification. Me telling you who you are and mm-hmm. you're like, Ugh.
0: yeah, you know, so you do do readings, you do vir- virtual readings and things like that. How, uh, do you envision yourself expanding your practice, um, into the future and sharing with others?
1: So right now, um, I'm really working on getting my website going. I want, like, I feel like I'm sharing with the world, but I want to do it more. Mm -hmm. Um, so I'm working on my website, um, I'm working to be more knowledgeable, like, give more my story so that people can read and understand and connect with me. Um, I'm going to begin to um, be more public in person instead of for, like, kind of hiding. Like, yeah. I know I'm a witch, but bye! <laughs> you
0: know? It could be that you're used to that. Like, you're used to not sharing that, you know, all these years, like, your whole life. and then- Yeah. Now it's just kind of getting around to being okay with being seen that way.
1: I don't think it's not necessarily that I'm afraid to be seen that way. It's I'm afraid to feel certain things from other people because I get everything. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel everything. Like, you sitting in a crowded room and me sitting in a crowded room is extremely different. Yeah. Because I, I'll i get spiritual downloads. I'll get someone in the corners deceased family member knocking on my spiritual door you know and i'm like nope not right now not today not tomorrow whenever i tell you so that's another thing i'm gonna work more on is my mediumship and opening up more because i know i have it and it's there but that is like the very it's very closed off for me in a sense because of what happened with my son. like That's real personal for me. Yeah. Um, and it scares me. So, again, you don't know what you're going to get and receive. I have to get myself prepared. Yeah, um, I'm going to write a book. That's um, awesome. I just recently discovered that I need to do that. And the book will be on one of my most traumatic events. And it's going to be um, on the loss of my child and my yeah. prediction of it. Yeah, And... I feel like, and it's not for sympathy, it's not for pity, I feel like this will help other people like us, like me, to know, because I hear so many people say, I'm a dreamer, I'm a dreamer, you know, and I'm like, I'm a dreamer too, and rather than repeating the story over and over and over again, I can just put it in a book, mention it, Mm -hmm. and say, here's the story, Yeah, and it'll be so much easier for me
0: I don't know. And for people, no, that's great because people that have gone through that will want to know what the experience like is like with others because, you know, they want to figure out how to get through it. Like, you know, and that could help them. That could help a lot of people.
1: It can. And it didn't, I didn't understand at the time. And that's something that people need to understand. Like, you're not going to get it at that moment. Mm -hmm. It took me years to understand what happened in 2008, Yeah, you know? So, yeah, I'm excited to move forward. I want to help people all around the world.
0: Cool. And so do you foresee, um, like, any of your real estate people, like, and do you foresee yourself inviting any people from real estate into this, you know, sphere?
1: So my real estate is slowly starting to move into this sphere. Um, little did I know there was a lot of people like me. Um, the way I've approached it because such a social media is such a big deal Mm -hmm. is I do have the two different names I'm Victoria Como I'm Vic Andrea but at first in the beginning I wanted no one to find Vic Andrea I was terrified like let no one in my real life find me yeah um but now I'm so comfortable with who I am. I don't care if anyone in my real estate life finds me. I don't care if any family members find me. Yeah. My sister recently found me. And I'm like, look, she's like, what's this about? And I explained it to her. And she's like, okay, I believe. And I'm like, okay, bye. You know, <laughs> like, yeah. Um. So I'm at a point now where I'm so confident in myself as a spiritual leader, as a practitioner, that I don't care um, what about a merge with real estate or what have you. Yeah. Because maybe in the beginning, I didn't know how to explain it right, you know, or stand up for myself as a spiritual person. Yeah. Um, now, if – I don't care. Yeah. like Let
0: Because also the dream. right people – like will come like the right, right people are already on their way or already in your life. So it's like, and also like, I think I invited you to that group on Facebook it was like witchy agents or yes. something. So there are probably agents that, that do are, it. They're you know? everywhere.
1: It's insane. I love it. It does take time. And I really think that was my thing. I didn't, I didn't want to lose real estate business for people that didn't understand. Yeah. But now I'm in such of an area where I can explain myself and I'm so confident with who I am as a person that it doesn't bother me. Yeah. So I don't know. We'll see what comes in. I, I want to put them together. Like, and ideally I would love to open a shop that's witchy real estate. That'd be
0: so cool. That would be amazing. (laughs) Right?
1: Like, come to my office. Yeah, and it's all crystals and and
0: stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, I appreciate you taking the time to come and join me today. I'm so excited to know you and share your story. You know, with you, it's always a good energy, and you're always, like, I don't know, you have to meet this, like, genuine, like, spark, but it's, like, an innocence that, like, never left you from when you were a kid. Like, you just radiate that kind of aura and i think that does heal people that by itself but the fact that you can read people and um i think that you're getting into mediumship is scary like i think it can be scary because i mean for dead people like who wants to talk to dead people but at the same time like you you have the power and you have the ability to say like not right now like i'm not doing this right now
1: i do love it yeah. i love it yeah. but it's the message that comes across-